gotta believe in Skype because it sometimes doesn't work and it fails and it collapses and it has the digital equivalent of a prolapse all over your lap. And sometimes it ruins an entire three-hour podcast and then you cry. everybody welcome to episode 141 of stacy's pop culture parlor i am your titular host the stace and uh before i introduce my guest host i just want to put a little uh, disclaimer out there i had a stomach bug a couple of days ago and today's been the first day that i've eaten proper human foodstuffs and and the resulting situation though is that my stomach sounds like it's tumbling rocks in there so the, the microphone may in fact pick that up and sometimes it sounds like a sort of rolling stomach thunder. And other times it sounds like a sort of popping fart. But I, I promise you it's not a fart. It's just an internal sound if you do hear it. And I'm very sorry if you've got like misophonia or whatever that thing is where you're scared of some noises. Is that only related to eating? Anyway, shut up, Stace. Introduce your guest host. Joining me in the parlour this month is returning champion, tip-top gent and my... TikTok best friend Michael Georgiou, welcome back to the show. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry, I found a fart board and I just had to use it when you were talking mm. about that, just to add a bit of levity to Thank it. Thank you um, to the uh, situation. Yeah, uh, yeah it was yeah, rough. Um, I've got to say. <laughs> yeah, my favourite is where is it? The Super Mario one, where um, oh, oh, I know oh, exactly God. what you're about to play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let it happen as well. I'm I not find it. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I am. I'm 41. Okay, here we go. There we go. So yeah. <laughs> Just setting the tone for the show right from the off. There, hey folks, you might remember Mike from the episode where he kept pressing the nut button, or two, two of the three, two of the three live shows. <laughs> changed i haven't changed at all <laughs> uh, we don't want you to michael we love you as you are we absolutely love you as you are uh but you also may know him as, as social media mike from two of the two of the live shows one of which was disastrous but we won't go there <laughs> i did nothing i did not pull any plugs i did not pull any levers it was none of it was you none of it was human error it was all technology rising up forget it was a skynet plot to thwart charity work i don't know i like to think that it wasn't my fault because <laughs> otherwise yeah, i might I mean, cry right. it was all barry <laughs> yeah it was definitely all barry's fault um i reckon <laughs> and that's stace and barry never happening again <laughs> how are you doing mike it's been a hot minute oh uh i am doing okay. i'm actually really warm i'm staying at my uncle's place at the moment and the thing is um uh, I may have mentioned that I'm now in my 40s. That means that my uncle and other older relatives are significantly older than me. So they like their how their home to be really warm because they're cold all the time. And I don't like it. I am sweating up a storm. And, um, yeah, I just I I I have got a towel with me all the time not not like a head towel it's a, like a proper body towel big old I'm bath just towel wiping myself i've got a bath towel like a <laughs> proper big one they 
Uh, yeah, so I'm going well, to use that for the entire session. If I if I time this episode correctly, it might actually come out on Towel Day. So that will be the way uh, the different way I say Towel compared to you is very funny. Uh, welcome, welcome to the Black Country. I don't even live in the Black Country, <laughs> but I stole the accent from my husband's family. Uh, yeah, it might actually yeah. be Towel Day, so that would be very apropos. How the how is Towel? I've never heard of Towel Day. What the fuck is a Towel Day? <laughs> Towel Day is in celebration of Douglas Adams because of the Hitchhiker's Guide and how a towel is the most useful tool that a hitchhiker can have. Oh, uh, gotcha. So, yeah. So I always I always carry a towel around with me on the 25th of May, which is when this episode ostensibly should come out, she says, uh, optimistically, saying she's going to edit it by then. <laughs> <laughs> you won't need to edit it. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be perfect. I'll just cut out the, the inevitable bits where my stomach goes... Blah, blah, blah. It's honestly, it's rolling up a storm. I can feel it like rumbling around in there. It's very distressing. Well, uh, if you need to, I'll send you a link to that fart board because it has a selection <laughs> of all sorts of different farts, and you can just interject them if you feel like. And then people will never know which ones are real. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I am. I've got to say, I'm a little bit worried that this is going to turn into wind because, like, my initial thought was that this might end up. This isn't the conversation people want to hear, but it's it's the one that's happening. It's very pop culture. It's the one that's happening. Uh, I was worried it might turn into a big old poop, but it could just be a load of a load of toots rolling around in there, and they might come out during the show. Who knows? What a little treat for everyone. <laughs> um, you are listening to Medical Hour with Stacey and Mike. It's uh, um, it's Stacey's gastro parlor, something I don't know. <laughs> gastro parlor. Gastro? No, I've got nothing. There's no No, jokes there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. I tried. I was going to come up with something with gravy, but that just sounds grim. I like gravy. Once, and we will start talking about pop pop culture in a minute. Once, (laughs) I it was that you know you know the Christmas perineum, that little bit between Christmas and New Year where like you just can't be arse of life. (laughs) The Christmas gooch. It was, um, I always piss myself when you say that on the podcast, and uh, and I always forget it, and then you say it, and then I just piss myself. I love that. I love that when you forget a joke and then someone tells it again. It's so good. Uh, yeah, once once during the Christmas perineum, I um couldn't be, couldn't be bothered, I couldn't be bothered to make myself a sensible dinner, so I just cooked myself up an entire packet of stuffing and then drained it in gravy and ate that on a plate. Oh, <laughs> I love that sounds amazing. Don't take that out of context. Um, hey, should we should we talk about some pop culture? Oh, this episode's I'm going off the this. <laughs> I've got to say, I'm quite enjoying this. I did an episode of, uh, a couple of episodes ago with my mate Ruth, where we just answered um, was it the New York Times' 36 questions to fall in love with somebody, and that was very exciting because I learnt some new things about Ruth. I love that. It was so weird. <laughs> but um, ostensibly, this is a show about pop culture, so we probably should. Um, it doesn't help really that we haven't spoken to each other. I was going to say face to face. We're not face to face right now, but I can see your face, which is more than has happened to me for an annoying number of years. <laughs> I missed Mike's face. It's so pretty. Your beard's looking excellent, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, the grey bits are, are quite grey, so I like it. Yeah. But they look they look purposeful. Whereas my greys are just mm. like there's a random one everywhere for a laugh, and I just want to have I just want to have fully grey hair. I want to embrace my inner witch, 
and I just want to go yes. fully grey and it won't happen. I've got like a streak here. You can sort of see in my fringe. Uh, but the rest of it is haphazard nonsense. Again, this isn't what anyone wanted to hear. Mike. <laughs> Hello. Yes, I am happy. I have got uh, three main subjects I've got on my phone that I'm happy to talk about. And I know that you've got a few things as well. So Excellent. Uh, hit me. Yeah. Hit me with your... The pop culture stick? I, no, let's not. Let's not and say we did. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is going to be seen, a <laughs> Have you seen? Oh, bravo. Have you seen? Oh, bravo. bravo. <laughs> oh, bravo. Have you seen the Mario movie? It's me, a Super yes. Mario. Yes, I have, last night. I saw it last night, yeah. I, just in case you couldn't tell from that terrible <gasps> Italian accent I was doing. <laughs> well, it's better than Chris Pratt. <laughs> oh, oh, meow. The claws are out already. <laughs> <laughs> Got the catsuit oh. power up, did you? Well, yes. I mean, I, I like, I, I think he's a good actor. He's, he's, a, he's a person who does shit things. And is a bit thick and <laughs> uh, obviously does videos where he's obviously stoned and just says things. And yeah, but he is a good actor. But I, I, I thought he was passable in this film. Mm. And yeah, I loved yeah. his chemistry with Luigi, with Charlie Cox. Charlie Day. Charlie Day. Who's Charlie Cox? <laughs> Charlie Cox is um, old chinny, uh, gorgeous chinman, um, daredevil. <laughs> ah, gotcha. You know what? That's that is very good because I was about to compare this film to Daredevil, okay. uh, in case you hadn't seen it. Because I was going to say that it is very similar to no, not Daredevil, Deadpool. Oh God, what I'm is, so what is happening? Are you just are you too hot? <laughs> is your brain melted? <laughs> you know, they both begin with D. I'll let it you know that Daredevil's got double D's, so you know, not. It. Um, but um, hi. Should start again. <laughs> oh, you've met me. You know I'm not editing this out. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So I was going to compare it to Deadpool. Okay. In the sense that no one remembers the Deadpool films for their plot. They remember it for Deadpool. They remember it for Meg- Negasonic Teenage Warhead. They remember it for Colossus. They remember it for the characters. Mm-hmm. The plot, no one really cares about that. It's about the characters. And that's what I'd say about this Mario movie. The plot isn't really there. No. Um, <laughs> no. It's not an important part of it. Uh, the important part of it is that the characters are accurate and that the energy of a Mario game is in the film because mm-hmm. the Mario games are very go, go, go. You just got to go forward, get the goal and ta-da. And I felt like it was, the action was perfect for it. The animation. Oh my God. I love the animation in it. I love the art style of it. Uh, the new Donkey Kong just, it's just so animated and so alive and just mm-hmm. looks like, I could just like do some brush strokes and you know, that would be quite fun to draw. And yeah, I want to ask you since mm-hmm. I imagine she is quite a favorite of yours. What did you think of princess peach? So I, I feel like I need to preface this by saying that I didn't particularly like the movie, but I didn't hate it. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Um, for me, I feel like this film doesn't really know who it's for, in that there's a lot in it that is just going, do you remember Mario? Which is like, mm. you know, tickles my 37-year-old nerd uh, something, scrotum, I don't know, something. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is, is I could see that you were doing that because we've got the videos on, and and yet I still said scrotum. <laughs> I love you. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to try and joke you to death. <laughs> um, <laughs> I swear, neither of us have had any alcohol. Honestly, no. Um, no. I wished. Yeah. So a lot of it was that. And then there's a lot of like needle drops in this film that kids would just truly be like, what is even this song anyway? But then the actual film itself is very sort of like kiddie. It's very bright. It's like you say, it's very frenetic. It's very like there's no real plot because it's just all about keeping your attention with like, look at this thing. Look at this animal. Look at this enemy. Like, watch this fight. Look at this platform bit. But Peach was one of the things that I genuinely really liked about the film because, yeah, because, I mean, to be honest, I've always been a daisy gal. I don't know if that's just me Mm. being contentious (laughs) because I am a bit (laughs) of a twat. But any sort of like. No, you're not. No. (laughs) Yeah, that was too long of a pause. Um, So, like, the thing about Mario is that I know that the games have pretty much always been about rescuing Peach, except for the game that she got on her own, uh, where, weirdly, she had to use an umbrella a lot to fight, which is a bit strange. So I was sort of not really expecting her to, like, do a lot. So it was kind of great that they actually had her being, like, a capable princess person, uh, rocking several very nice outfits and generally being Mm. quite fantastic. But what I will say is that I do think a lot of the voice acting across the board left a lot to be desired, including Peach. Like it was, it was Mm. really boring. Like, like there was no like exciting delivery of anything. It was like, yes, we've competently read a script. Yes. Although interestingly, because I am on record as like I was on record as shaking my fist at Chris Pratt for getting cast in this uh, back when it got announced. And um, interestingly, he was not my least favourite voice in the movie. Uh, Charlie Day was. uh, Uh, Oh, dear. I know, a bit of a shame, because I do agree that the relationship between him and Mario is genuinely one of the most adorable and possibly one of the sweetest brotherly relationships I've seen on screen outside of a Turtles movie. Ah, it was so fucking cute. (laughs) I love them being (laughs) soft and adorable and also strong and brave. Like, yeah. Ah, everything about that was wonderful. But yeah, it just felt too haphazard, the whole film did to me. Like, I don't feel like it knew exactly who it was for or what it was doing. It just did a lot of Mario. Um, <laughs> my, the Donkey Kong segment was probably my favourite part, and I was genuinely surprised that yeah. Seth Rogen was really great. <laughs> which, uh, yeah, he just really made that character his own, which, yeah, is kind of not difficult when you're Seth Rogen because as soon as Donkey Kong did the laugh I was just like okay okay he's just (laughs) owning this character now it's just yeah yeah he's one Uh, of those interesting people who doesn't have like a range really in terms of voice acting mm. like he always sounds like himself like um h john benjamin is the same he almost always sounds like himself but sorry who's h john uh bob from bob's burgers archer uh, (gasps) he played a tin of of fruit, I think, in a, a wet hot American summer too. <laughs> Bit weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yes, yeah, strange, strange film. But he can he can get away with doing that because he's really expressive and like genuinely interesting in in the way that he delivers lines. I think. And I felt yeah, I felt that about Seth Rogen as well. Like I was very impressed with the the energy and the delivery and like it sounded like he was having a really good time and there was a lot of sort of personality there. Um so I really I really yeah. enjoyed his performance. That was probably my favourite little segment of the film and I was a bit sad when that ended. <laughs> um <laughs> But the film wasn't anywhere near as bad as I was expecting because when I saw the trailers, I thought Mario is one of those games where it doesn't really make sense as a film. Like you can't, yeah. you can't take the platform stages in Mario really and make a film that makes any sense. Which is why any of those bits in this film didn't really make sense to me. Like, why would you have places in the Mushroom Kingdom that you would die trying to reach? Like, just build a mm. proper the proper bridge lads what are you doing um <laughs> like, you know just have proper access way um so like none of those bits really made sense to me it's one of those rare like video game movies where i'm kind of like actually really what we need is the characters and not the game itself and i feel like yeah. it's a shame that they didn't go sort of down that route kind of like sonic the story in yeah. the sonic movie is nothing like any of the sonic games really but it's so sonic in its feel <laughs> I love Sonic. Such a good film. Uh, I noticed. I noticed. Yeah. yeah it's, really, it's really good. I'm very excited for Sonic Three, but I'm a big child, so yeah. I mean, you say that. I love the Mario movie, and I'm a 41 year old white man, and I feel like <laughs> I might be the demographic. For that film. <laughs> so yeah. Well, no, I was just, I was just going to say, I think the thing for me is that maybe I was sort of anticipating it having a bit more of a plot uh, than, it, than it did. Because it, it did feel very like, if you took the bits that were actual plot, it was probably actually a 30 minute short film that probably was very good. <laughs> but there was just a lot of like sort of platform bits that didn't really make any difference or real physical sense. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but I'm glad you liked it because I think it's, I think it's gorgeous. The whole film looks mm. genuinely gorgeous. The colours in it are just like mm. really stunning. And the facial expressions were particularly like, yeah, gorgeous. Not a fan of people pulling on Luigi's moustache. Got to say that. No. Made, made me feel no. bad for him because I've had to pluck my eyebrows before and it ain't good. So. No. <laughs> Sympathise. Sympathise. Yeah. As a man who possesses quite a bushy nostril, I don't like the idea of plucking anything. No, no, it's not good. And you'll be you'll be glad to know that I didn't find Bowser too sexy. <laughs> oh, good. Because <laughs> we yeah. were we were worried about that, weren't we? That I'd be too attractive. We were a to, bit um, worried. Yeah, gotta say, I can't put my finger on what it was, but there was something awry about Bowser's design in his face that just put mm. me off. Um, but I did love Jack Black; he was wonderful. Yeah. Hmm. I think with Bowser, we've only ever really seen him do one expression in the games, which mm. is eyebrows down, angry. Or, but I quite loved that he was such a geek in this film. So <laughs> Just adorable. sort of such a such. Well, I I'd call him a bit of a fuckboy. Uh, <laughs> Because he just, mm. he just, he, he really wants Peach and just, no, you're, you're a giant, uh, you're a giant kaiju and she's, yeah. we stop. Do you want to hear something really stupid? Please. I've 
never put it together in my head that he's a turtle until they said it in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I thought he was. I don't know what I thought he was. Yeah, I mean, they say he's a Cooper, and I assumed for a while that he was that was his species of Cooper, but then I thought maybe that's his surname, Bowser mm. Cooper? I don't know. It's yeah. a bit piddly. Piddly's <laughs> not the right word. It's a bit air, gas, gaseous, uh, the plot of Mario, which is why I'm quite glad they didn't focus too much on the plot of Mario. Mm. It's one of those things that I find quite interesting about Mario, is that, like, I don't know how I would make a Mario movie. I certainly wouldn't do what they did in the 90s because that was truly an experience. <laughs> <laughs> I think the mentality that they always go in with the video games is that they want to make an adventure. They want to make people feel like they're going on a journey, they're exploring different places, and that they're experiencing, you know, like the gameplay itself is the narrative of the Mario games. And I feel like, I think they succeeded in the sense that they created an adventure in this film. I mean, yeah, plot, yeah. But um, the characters and the adventure, I think, what made it for me, personally. Yeah. I I do, I I would quite like to see them make more, because I'd be interested to see what they could do with a more plot-based, sort of, (laughs) less of a sort of, like, core look at this, doesn't it look like a Mario level? I really wish, though, and I said this on Space and Barry yesterday when I was recording with thee, I really wish they had leaned more into orchestra versions of the Mario themes because mm. they do that over the credits and it's fucking brilliant. And I'm like, why weren't you doing yeah. this throughout the movie? Why were you giving me Aha's take on me, which means nothing to the <laughs> children of today, when you could have been doing like a rad, a fucking bomb-ass orchestrated version of like some of the brilliant Mario music. You've only got 30 years worth of games to fucking choose from, lads. Like, come on now. But yeah. yeah. I'm glad you liked it, though, because I, I always feel a bit bad when I <laughs> when I dislike stuff because you're not supposed to anymore. Are you? It's not it's not uh, it's not it's not right on the Internet to dislike stuff. Mike, you've disappeared. Are you still there? Michael, I've lost your face. I wish it was back here with me. Where'd you go, you beautiful man? Bring your beard back. We're back. What would you, what would you like to talk about, Stace? Have you heard of slash experienced We Lost Our Human? No. Okay. This is exciting. This is very exciting. Mm. So this is a show on Netflix that is an, uh, an animated choose-your-adventure story mm-hmm. that is genuinely one of the most fun things I've experienced for a while and I would wholeheartedly mm-hmm. recommend. Um, so the story follows a cat and a dog called Pud and Ham, which are just like, oh, God, that's the fucking stupidly cute <laughs> before you even start. <laughs> and they wake up one day and their human has gone missing and you have to follow... You have to choose which character you're going to follow and then you have to try and find your human again. Mm. And I I don't want to spoil it too much, but there's like Mm. interdimensional shenanigans. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Yeah, it gets very exciting. There's all sorts of like future crisscrossy versions of yourselves and all sorts of banana stuff. I Mm. played it for two and a half hours on Tuesday, I think it was. And then I just finished it tonight, did another half hour tonight and finally got my human back. Yay. 
<laughs> Woo! Um, but it's so good. The animation is like gorgeous and super sleek. The style of it is very similar to the Amazing World of Gumball in terms of like the character design and stuff. So it's like really mm. big and bold and cute. The voice acting is great. So Pud is played by Ben Schwartz and Ham is um, Ayo Edabiri. And oh, genuinely, just it's so funny. Like it really made me laugh out loud. Like I, I know it sounds really stupid, but I don't actually genuinely laugh out loud that much. <laughs> Not at, at TV shows and things, but this mm. genuinely made me laugh out loud like a lot. Like there's a lot of like really daft dialogue that's very funny. Some of the choices are really daft as well, but then other ones are genuinely like, hey, uh, do you want to press this button or Pud's going to die? Which which one do you want to do? And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a dead Pud. Help. <laughs> um, like, yeah, just genuinely like quite distressing in parts, but not like like a, like you could play it with like, I don't know, a seven or eight year old kid and it wouldn't stress them out too much. Um, mm. The background's in it. And then just the design of it is just absolutely gorgeous. And like I say, it's just so much fun mm. and a lot less stressful than other Choose Your Adventures. Because if you are like me and you do a bit mm. of a suffer from the anxiety, uh, Choose Your Own Adventure stuff can be actually quite a stress. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I tried to do Bandersnatch, the, the Black Mirror mm. Choose Your Own Adventure, I got incredibly stressed about some of the choices because I was like, these people are going to die. <laughs> Even though it's a TV show and they're not going to die, Stace, you're just being an idiot. But it stressed me out quite a lot because some of the choices in that were like really stressful. Like, do you want to throw away his anti-anxiety mix? I'm like, not, not really. <laughs> like, not, a, not, not really. But your options are either put them in the bin or put them in the toilet. And I'm like, well, I don't want to, don't want to do either of those things. They're both bad. Whereas this one has like a lot of like fairly low stakes things at times where it's more like, do you want to eat the chili or do you want to throw the chili out the window? <laughs> <laughs> which yeah but it's adorable it's really fun it's really inventive like i didn't expect mm. it to go where it was going at mm. all which is why i'm a bit sort of reticent to get into the story of it because i think people should just go and have a muck around with it anyway and it just looks yeah gorgeous wholehearted mm. stace recommend it's got the stace thumbs up seal of approval mm. i'm posing for so, the seal of approval <laughs> <laughs> I can verify that Stacy put her thumb up and did the did a big old cheesy smile. Big cheesy face. Yay! <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'll give that a look. I'm, I'm, I think I, saw, I that was recommended to me one day, and I was just like, oh, I'll look into that later, and then it vanished off well, of my Netflix thing. So yeah, I don't think it's been very well advertised because I no. I only even heard about it because I follow Ben Schwartz on Twitter and mm. he's been like, hello, yes, put this in your eyes. It's real good. And I'm like, mm. oh, yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, ne- I didn't even see it pop up on Netflix at all. And you know what me and Rich are like. We live on our sofas in front of the telly when we're not working. <laughs> That's how I end up with so much wonderful stuff to talk about on this show. She says, trying to insinuate that she's not actually a lazy asshole. <laughs> she's doing it for research, podcast research. I, I will say from the previous podcast, I did love Ben Schwartz in Renfield. Mate, yeah. oh, I yeah. love everything about that film, I think. I think it was wonderful. Yeah. Rich thought it was shit. He hated one, it. <laughs> one thing that I don't like about it, and mm. it's such a small thing, is that the actors are a bit too self-aware. Mm. Um, like, is it Aquafina? And <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, sh- I think she's 
incredible actress and incredibly funny, but there were times where she was just a bit too self-aware and I was just like, oh, no, you just keep it up, keep it up, come on. But that's the only gripe I had with it. I just, I, I loved it. And Nick, oh, my God, love him. Who <laughs> <laughs> doesn't? Exactly. Richard, that's who. <laughs> that's who. <laughs> Oh, should I tell you about my second thing? Go on. Which isn't Renfield. It is a video game called Legend of Zelda uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, go on. I've never heard of this. (laughs) No, no, never heard of it either. Yeah, it's the sequel to Breath of the Wild, which I famously introduced you to by (laughs) plummeting to my death instantly. And yeah, you've not made me forget about it. It might. It was very funny, and I think it was, it was. even funnier at the time. It made it even funnier that the time before that I'd seen you, we were playing Wind Waker, and you did a victory forward roll straight off a cliff to your immediate doom there as well, which was. <laughs> now, I, that, I was drunk, so we were both a bit pissed. Then, okay, so that's, yeah. that's my were. excuse. Um, but mm-hmm. I genuinely thought I had a paraglider when I plummeted to my death. So, uh, oops. Uh, <laughs> as, as Rich played it. Um, what, Tears of the Kingdom? or mm. Yeah, so he bought it the other day and he did start playing mm-hmm. it. But I have the misfortune of not having had seen him play Breath of the Wild. So I don't have any context. Uh, and I was a bit surprised because most Zelda games don't tend to like actually follow on from things, do they? So this started no. and he was just like in a cavern and she was like, right, let's investigate this thing then. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> not, not a clue. And he was like, well, that's your fault. You should have played the game. I'm like, ooh, you've got me there. You've definitely <laughs> got me there. I don't know if you need to play the first game. It's just, you know, it, I thought it was quite cute that it sort of starts off with them on an adventure and then things go at awry and yeah and then it just i'm really sorry to all the listeners that love this game it gets really fucking slow really really (laughs) slow yeah the stamina meter is back you can run for about three seconds and then link gets shattered that's like me that is I wanna, yeah, but he's, I want to play games where the character is fitter than I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they they have a bit of a, a story as to how he lost all his health from Breath of the Wild, which you know, yeah. I just wish he kept the stamina. I just want him to mm. have the stamina. Oh, I hate the stamina system so much in that game, and it just mm. takes so long to walk to places. And yeah. well. I I think now this is possibly sort of a mild spoiler, but uh, mm. everything that we talk about tends to get spoiled. So <laughs> just Fair a enough. spoiler warning generally. Um, mm. I I think Rich fluffed up the first time that he put it on, and he might have had to go back and redo things because he immediately found himself in a snowy area, topless, and um, mm. and couldn't stamina himself out of there without dying of cold. <laughs> Yeah. Just every now and again, yeah. I just hear like, "Oh no, I, 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 do I hear death music on the horizon?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh blessing. Yeah. yeah, I I died a few times in the ice area as well. I I couldn't mm. figure it out, and then I had to look mm. on YouTube, and I was just like, "How was I supposed to find that one bit that you can clock?" Oh, I was so angry, <laughs> so angry, but um. 
the thing that saves the game is the new powers that you get in the game. Like you can fuse any item with any other item. And I've seen people create like their own cars, their own like flying machines in the game. And I'm not that far yet, but it is quite fun fusing a minecart to your shield because the first <laughs> game you could do shield surfing and it was a bit shit. Right. But when you fuse a minecart with your shield, you just use it like a skateboard and it's Brilliant. so much fun. Yeah. That does sound good. I just want Richard to find a top because it feels a little bit inappropriate to watch him running around as topless Link, if I'm honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I finished with the ice area, I did find a chest that had warm trousers that would have saved a lot of time. And I was very angry. The game has just generally made me feel quite angry. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I've always sort of worried about uh, both Breath of the Wild and um, Tears of the Kingdom because I'm somebody who needs a bit of guidance in games. Like, I don't need it fully spoon-fed, but I need somebody to tell me, oh, have you thought about looking near the clock tower? <laughs> or <laughs> have you thought yeah. about going to this area so I can be like, right, I need something over here. Whereas this game feels too much like, just explore, lads. And if you miss one tiny thing, suddenly you find yourself naked in an ice area, just dying repeatedly. Yeah. And exactly. uh, and I'm not about I'm not about the multiple deaths in the snow. I don't, I haven't, yeah. ain't nobody got time for that. Um, mm. I don't I really want to feel like, yeah, I don't really want to feel punished for exploring in a game that encourages exploration. Mm. And... You know, I feel very punished when you die in the snow, you've run out of stamina, <laughs> you've got three hearts, and y- yeah, it's yeah. Um, Rich, Rich died in a lake, and I was like, but how did you get that far into the lake if the, you then can't get back in? I don't, I don't even understand the physics of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> that somehow you got out there and then just went, oh, I guess I'll die. <laughs> well i i worked really hard on building a bridge for that lake because that lake (laughs) i think is in the tutorial part of the game and i picked up the bridge and i tried to turn it over to the lake and it caught on something and it fell off the edge of the world so that was like uh, 40 minutes of my life yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was funny. Oh, no. uh, you would have laughed. I definitely yeah. would have. Yeah, absolutely, wholeheartedly. <laughs> Sorry. It doesn't help that I play these games like I play games. It's like mm. this is how Mike plays games, and it's a complete <laughs> shambles. So. Mm. Yeah, I think I think this game would be more frustrating. This is why I won't play it. Like I'll happily. I'll happily watch Rich play it, but I think if I tried to play, I would just get too hung up on, like, certain little bits and never actually get anywhere. Um, Mm. Or I think I'd just spend all my time cooking because that looks quite satisfying and I like the little do-do-do-do-do-do song that it plays while you're doing the little cook. (laughs) Yeah. And Link, uh, I found out, he sings little tunes from previous Zelda games when he's cooking. Oh, that's really adorable. That's really sweet. I love when games put in little things... Like little adorable things that don't really need to be there. Like one thing that I used yes. to love about um, Ocarina of Time, and maybe I only love this because it's a thing that I do and that my mom got overexcited when she was like, oh, look, Link does that weird thing that you do, is when you leave <laughs> the game idle for too long, he starts like tapping tapping his toes against the ground like he's adjusting his shoes which I do all the time. I don't know why I do it. It's just a thing. Um, if I've been standing still for too long, you'll get some toe tappery happening. But yeah, I think that's adorable because they could just have him stand there. Or sometimes he would look around like he's checking on his tunic. Is, mm. it, is it tucked into my tights? No, it's fine. Mm. 
<laughs> Which is really cute. It's really cute. Um, I feel like there's going to be loads of people who listen to this who are like, how, how are we listening to the only two people in the world who aren't big enough Tears of the Kingdom? But I haven't played <laughs> it, so don't come at me. <laughs> and I have played it and I found it really long. Really, have you, really how, long. How many hours have you put into it so far? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> too many. <sighs> too many. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening, Stace. It's just me walking to places because I don't have a paraglider and I don't have... Um, and I remembered this time that I don't have a paraglider. Although there was this one time where uh, Impa took me up a balloon and she was like, OK, you can go down with your paraglider now. I was like, I don't have a paraglider. What do I do? Have I, has she given me one? So what I did was I jumped off the balloon. <laughs> and I thought, Tear maybe there'll death. be a prompt. Maybe there'll be a prompt that says, you know, press button for a paraglider. That didn't appear. So I just like very, very slowly fell to my death. Um, oh, I bet that was relaxing. Uh, it was. It was. I've had very many dreams like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't think I am the person to review video games either because I mm. get too scared. <laughs> like, what are the other but reasons I want like to play? Them. I do. I like watching other people play them, and I like I like puzzle games. Like, stick me in front of the Tetris. I'll yeah. be there all day. In fact, um, a couple of weeks ago, we went to NQ64 in Digbeth, which is an mm-hmm. arcade slash bar. And I had a cocktail called a Kirby and it tasted of Turkish delights and it was boozy and wonderful. And uh, and I got the top score on Buster Move. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I was very excited about that, even though it's really hard. I was gesturing then in a way that you would find rude if you could see it uh it's very hard to um (laughs) it's very hard to direct the little bubble uh stick thing pointer thingy with a joystick i found but yeah it's okay it doesn't look rude it looks like a asexual person's idea of something rude but it's yeah (laughs) i don't know how it works Is this a biggie? I don't know. I'm so glad that uh, that nobody can see what I'm doing right now. It's 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 fine. It looks like you're playing with a joystick. It's fine. It's yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. So I yeah, I'm terrible at reviewing video games because I'm like, oh, well, they all made me poo my pants. <laughs> I don't know if it was good. I shat myself. I uh, that's why I watch Game Grumps. They can play the games for me, and I don't have to do deal with the stakes. <laughs> And it is a viable, I, I think it's become a viable thing now to watch games online because a lot of people can't afford them. They are super mega pricey, some of these games, and a lot of them yeah. have these like microtransactions and, yeah. you know, all these other little things that you have to spend money on. And it's just like, oh, I'll just watch someone play it online. Yeah. Sometimes I think that's a good way to just see if you want to buy it in case it's not any good either. Because like you say, they're exactly. quite expensive. Why would you want to sink like 50 quid on a game? And then yeah. it's shit. <laughs> yeah. She says, when you've just done exactly that with Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm sad that you didn't like it. I, uh, weirdly, I do like it, but it's just very slow. And I kind of want to play other games when I'm playing it. Uh, I was going to say, that's where the problem is, because I think I would see that as being my money's getting my money's worth. Like if a game, mm-hmm. if I can complete a game in like a couple of hours, 
I feel like I've wasted my money. I'm like, why did I spend what what am I doing? So it feels mm-hmm. like that would be worth the money to me. But but then again, if a lot of your time is spent actively dying because you can't find a pair of pants yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, maybe it's more frustrating than anything else. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, seven out of ten. There we go. <laughs> seven, well, well, that's not bad. I thought you were gonna give it like a like a four, but uh so oh, seven's well, not that's, bad. It's become a bit of a meme giving Zelda games 7 out of 10 because there's a reviewer called Stephanie Sterling who gave Breath oh. of the Wild 7 out of 10 and they got a ton of grief for it. Oh, and it's what? just like 7 out of 10 is a good score. It's like better than average, you know, and the amount of grief they got was astonishing. And I just thought when I when you read the review, it makes sense because mm. they hated the stamina as much as I did. <laughs> yeah. And the sort of tediousness of it as much as I do. But um seven out of ten is a good score. So, it is. Yeah. I uh I've always found well not always, it's like the past few years we do seem to have mm. gotten to a point where you're not allowed to have a fairly middling opinion. <laughs> like you've either got to full on yeah. fucking hate something like it killed your dad, yeah. or you've gotta mm. be right up its bum hole because you love it so much. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's, there's no in between you can't just think it was alright. You can't, you can't just mm. think something's all right, even though that's... I mean, a couple of months ago, I had a really hard time pulling my notes together for an episode because everything that I'd seen was just all right. And I, d- <laughs> I didn't really know how to talk about that because I was like, well, I saw this all right. <laughs> so that's fine. Yeah, I mean, the three things that I picked, I picked them because I like them and they are quite hot topics at the moment. So, yeah, Zelda and Mario and, yeah, the other one. But uh, do you want to talk about a, a thing that you want to talk a thing? I, w- I want to talk a thing. My my One of my <laughs> things might be your other thing. So I'm going to mm. go with the one that I think is not the, the other thing that's your thing. I'm going to stop saying thing. Mm. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Evil Dead Rise. Oh, I did see that. Hey, Jack, what did you think? I, I, I'm, <laughs> it was, <laughs> don't get me wrong, it's camp mm-hmm. trash. I love camp mm-hmm. trash. Give me that gay shit. I want it in my veins. But mm-hmm. I don't know what message it was trying to give about the okay. family. Right. It's like a sort of a single mother who's just trying to do her best. And it's quite an alternative family. The daughter is quite boyish and the son is quite, you know, they're all sort of gender. Blah. And it's like, I, I don't know what they is there a deeper? I don't know. Maybe I was looking too deep into it, but maybe. Um, yeah. But um, maybe yeah. If I look at it more stupidly, which is probably what I should do, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, what's what's yeah. I mean, spo- Massive fucking spoilers for this again as well. Uh, what I really liked about this is how it started with the ending, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I wasn't <laughs> anticipating that at all, and the ending is very clearly a setup for a sequel that I'd almost forgotten about by the time I actually got to the end of the film. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah. So I'm quite looking forward to if that's ever a thing. I loved it. I genuinely loved it. I love most of the Evil Dead films anyway. Uh, And I loved Ash versus Evil Dead. Wonderful, stupid stuff. (laughs) That's just great. Um, And uh, and I know that, like, a lot of people have complained in the past about, like, oh, you know, you can't have Evil Dead without Ash and blah, blah, blah. And I think this film says that you absolutely can. Um, mm. And I think the other, the the one that came out 
I was genuinely going to say it a couple of years ago, but I think it was probably like knocking on 10 now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was definitely pre-COVID, so it's at least three mm. or four. Um, mm. But that one didn't have ash really either. And I think that one's actually genuinely good too. But what I loved about this one is that it, it just went, you know how like the Evil Dead is a bit gory and a bit gooey and a bit slimy and a bit vomity? How about mm. all of that, but even more so, like just <laughs> disgusting. Just just absolutely disgusting levels of everybody's covered in it. You can't even tell what skin colour anybody is because they're all just covered in blue. gross. <laughs> like, <laughs> I loved that about it because it was just like it, it wasn't afraid to just be absolutely foul. <laughs> uh, and it was just so much fun. But also, like, I think genuinely scary in places because I yeah. think people sort of forget that the original, like, Evil Dead, even though a lot of it is quite silly and campy, there are some bits in it that are genuinely like, what in the blue fuck am I looking at? Um, <laughs> so, like, I was quite happy that I feel like this gets the tone of those films but mm. sort of brings them into a more modern sort of setting. Um, mm. The only thing I did find a bit baffling is that it did seem like nobody else in that apartment, aside from the couple of neighbours, noticed that anything was happening at all. <laughs> and, like, there was a lift filled with blood at one point. It was very The Shining. <laughs> like, and every, there's no policeman there the next day going, why is everything covered in blood? What's happened? True, truly a, a baffling <laughs> baffling turn of events. But that That is something that I loved about it. And um, <laughs> if I may spoil the beginning a little bit, where there's an yeah. earthquake and the kids are just like, oh, no, don't go near the the broken floor and the kid goes near the broken floor and he mm-hmm. sees something down there and they say oh don't go down there it looks creepy and then he goes down there and then they say oh don't pick anything up from there and he picks things up from there and yeah. he just touches everything and mm-hmm. i love that it's just so unashamedly stupid yeah. and you know you kind of want to strangle this kid but i also love this kid because he's doing all the wrong things <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, some sometimes you want people to have the natural reaction of nope and just leave, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because mm. that that fits the scene better. But I I did love this because it is very much sort of like a curious kid who's just like, no, I'm sorry, I've just found an underground nonsense. I'm going to investigate yeah. this. <laughs> uh, whereas if it were me, I'd have absolutely bolted the other way. Actually, no, that's a lie. I'd have been trying to piece together the dropped pizzas and crying over the melted cheese. Yes. No, oh my god, pizzas. yes. Where are the sensible people? Where are the sensible, you know, <laughs> eaters like us, Stays? Yeah. There's none of, they're yeah. all too skinny. They don't care oh, about seats, so yeah. what's wrong with them? I know. But it was genuinely funny to me. Like I've said this before <laughs> about about the Necronomicon. If I saw mm. a book that even looked half that creepy and sweaty, <laughs> I would fully no right on out of there. <laughs> Yeah. Like my first reaction would be absolutely not. Off I go. I'm gone. I'm never looking at this again. It's in my rear view. I've left the state. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've packed my bags. I've left the state. I'm nowhere near this book. So the idea that anybody would be like, I'm a, I'm a read this. Who are you? What are you smoking? You crazy yeah. person. But um, I quite liked that it was this kid who was just like, ah, it's a bit macabre, isn't it? I'll have a look at this way. And then the next <laughs> thing he's like, oh, I've unleashed hell on earth. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll just touch these teeth on the book. Don't touch the teeth on the book. I'm going to touch the teeth on the book. Oh, blood has come out of me. Oh, the blood has vanished. Oh, oh that, that's, that, fine. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Absolutely fine. <laughs> 
what I uh, what I loved about it as well was like, and again, this is a massive spoiler. So if you want to avoid mm. spoilers, like yeah, there's a bit sort of towards the end where like three characters come together in a sort of nightmare scuttle monster. <laughs> I love that. I loved oh that because I was like, I hate it, but everything about yeah. it is great. It's like yeah. twitching and it's all at the wrong angles and it's <laughs> fell. Oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Like sometimes I do yeah. wonder, like, what on earth were people thinking when they wrote this? <laughs> like, <laughs> like who sat down and went, what if we combined them all into a sort mm. of human spider? What about yeah. that? And you're like, yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Have you seen that uh, video game inside? I think Game Grumps played it quite a while ago. Oh, I may, I may have. I don't recognise it from the title, but I might have seen their playthrough if it was. Yeah, a while it ago. was sort of like a side scroller where you play a kid in a red top and you're trying to sort of sneak through this building, and at the end, um, he becomes part of an amalgam sort of <laughs> flesh monster. And yeah, it reminded Same me point. of that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I do think as well before before we move on to uh, your next thing um, yes. that the the title card where the mm. Evil Dead Rise actually sort of came up on the horizon yes. whilst that girl was like levitating was oh, oh wow Chef's Kiss baby that was beautiful, beautiful. absolutely yeah. beautiful wow I, I d- it's very rare that I get surprised by a title card but that and um, have mm. you ever seen the movie Fresh. No. I would wholeheartedly recommend Fresh. It's got Sebastian Stan in it and he looks very handsome. And I'm not going to say anything more about it because that would be a spoiler. But it is brilliant. I can't remember what streaming service it's on, but it's on one of them because that's how I saw it. Mm. (laughs) But yeah, fabulous. What's your other thing, Mike? Uh, I think this is where we might sink because I'm Mm going to say Guardians of the Galaxy 3. It is where we're going to sink. Yay! What did you think? So, so no, let's get let's let's let you talk. I've talked a lot. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, it's one of those films that I really loved watching at the time, and then afterwards I was just like, "Eh." um. So yeah, I don't know. I think I might be dead on the inside. I don't know. I actually wrote that on my (laughs) notes about this film. Am I dead on the inside? Um. But, um, yeah, I just, I, it's the raccoon story was, it hit all the right emotions, but I felt like it was spoiled in the sense that I feel like I've seen that story a hundred times before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And, um, yeah, I, I love Gamora in it. I love that she put Peter in his place and he actually thought about things. Yeah. And it just seemed like a very mature way of dealing with it, much more than because Peter pretty much goes through emotionally the same thing that Wanda does in the Multiverse of Madness, mm. uh, which I loved, by the way. Um, come on, it's camp horror. Come mm. on, Steve Lacey, get your. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> wow, call out on the podcast. <laughs> I just, I just really hope he's drinking like a sip of tea. There, it's just, ooh. Um, but, but um, yeah, he he dealt with that in a much more adult, mature way, and I think it sort of shows the importance of having 
mature people and mature friends in your life mm-hmm. and I felt like that was like a really important thing that the film delivered yeah. um yeah but uh it also had a dog in a spacesuit which you know I, I, uh, also... I enjoy that too I really liked Guardians 3 I'm one of the rare people that prefers volume 2 to volume 1 I know a lot <laughs> of people don't even like volume 2 let alone <laughs> Um, really? I it, yeah, but I, I've said this before. I'm a sucker for a film that deals with daddy issues, right? I've got them, mm. so I relate. Yeah. Adventure Time, <laughs> throwing in Martin, I'm gonna have a cry. I'm gonna like it's it flipping flipping Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, throwing at yeah a bad dad and a sort of dad you didn't even realise you had and now he's dead. Call blimey. What a double whammy of punching you in the daddy issues heart, eh? So, like, oh, yeah, I fully was on the emotional train for that film. So this yeah. one, and this is going to make me sound like I haven't got a heart either. This one didn't punch me in the heart, Fanny, as much as volume two did, because I was just going to – I don't know how to phrase this without making it sound like I'm just not bothered about animals, but I'm yeah. just not that bothered about animals. <laughs> I I know what you mean. I like you like mean. I love animals. I don't want harm yeah. to come to them. But these no. are CGI animals. They are real, yeah. and and it felt very much like it was going. Oh, I'm trying to pull your heartstrings. Um, yeah. And so even though there were some like genuinely sad bits, I yeah. was actually more sort of put off by the experiments. Like, so I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil the producer set of this as well and just say that mm-hmm. there was one of the characters that had been exp- experimented on was like a bunny rabbit that was sort of dangling oh, between God. giant mechanical legs with a weird yeah. sort of metal lock jaw keeping its mouth shut and that oh. thing was genuinely nightmare fuel to me so I couldn't yeah. feel sorry for that if I tried because every time it appeared I shit myself. <laughs> It was a fucking spider. It, it was, was a, a fucking, fucking mechanical spider bunny rabbit. It was a fucking Why? body horror jump scare. Like I, had yeah. <laughs> I hated it so much. It's very hard for me to feel sorry for something that I want to be dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I want you out of my film. I don't want you yeah. here. And I wasn't that keen on the um on the walrusy thing either. Like that was a bit distressing yeah. to me. But he wasn't That's quite. Sweaty. Yeah, it was just a bit bleh, bleh, bleh. Just made made me feel a bit funny. Um, so yeah, it was a bit hard for it to press my empathy buttons as hard as I think it was expecting me to. But what I will say is that I think the high evolutionary is like top tier Marvel villain because I fully believed that not only did he think he was doing the right thing, but also that he was full blown crazy, <laughs> um, yeah. and that he was very upset that a raccoon was smarter than him. But without yeah. making it seem stupid that a human was upset that a raccoon was smarter than him, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because that could that sort of story beat could very easily lean into like stupid pantomime, like this yeah. guy is threatened by a tiny adorable f- f- fluffle. <laughs> like, like why is he stressing so hard about this um, but like the performance and I've totally forgotten the actor's name now and I feel quite bad about that mm-hmm. but, but the, the performance that that guy gives is full blown like I'm scared of you like I wouldn't yeah. want to bump into this guy in a dark alley because he no. would be terrifying and I think that's something I haven't felt from a, a Marvel villain for a while because mm-hmm. they've all either been a little bit forgettable or Thanos <laughs> yeah. who's just like yeah. you know 
you know, the the big deal, isn't he? So it's like it's hard yeah. to sort of stack people up against somebody who took, you know, the entire Avengers and a bunch mm. of, uh, well, loads of other people to, like, take him down. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed the film overall, and I thought it was a nice way to end the trilogy. And I do agree that I think the way that they treated the whole Peter and Gamora thing, because I was dreading them getting back together. I, I oh, don't know God, why. I thought, if they get back together by the end of this film, yeah. I'm going to be fucking livid. And I, I genuinely... Can't tell you for why. I'm not against love. <laughs> mm. I love I love a lovely bit of love. I love a good romance. But I just uh I don't know. I don't know that I've ever felt that Gamora cared as much about Peter as Peter cared about her. <laughs> uh well, I feel like it was a, a relationship where they loved each other and you know, sometimes that love isn't equal and that's mm. quite a realistic thing to portray. And mm. also someone dies you know sometimes you know someone and they die and you're just like fuck this is like a huge missing thing in my life and yeah he just had to sort of face up to it and sort of seeing this alternative Gamora just kind of made him realize that they're not the same person he's not going to get that person back again and it's it's really harsh if you know for anyone who has lost someone like that you know, someone who just meant so much to your life at that time. And then they just, you know, it's 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 a real shock to the system, especially when there's such a big part of your life. And I felt like the film dealt with that in an incredibly brilliant way. Mm. I felt like they did it. Like I said before, I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself, but it was, it was a very mature way they did it, even though it's a superhero film. But, um, you know, I I. I think they did that quite excellently. Yeah, um, yeah, no, yeah. I agree. In fact, when we, because we actually took a trip to the cinema for this one, which is a mm-hmm. very rare state of which occurrence because um, we are lazy. <laughs> the, <laughs> the cinema's all the way over there. I don't want to. Um, <laughs> but when we came out of the cinema, we were both like, thank gosh they didn't get back together. Because it's yeah. it feels to me like Peter would never have processed that grief if they'd have got back together. Uh, and it doesn't because feel he never right for the grief of his mother. Yes, exactly. And yeah, so I think the way that the film ended was actually just like a much more sensible way for the film to go than to just mm. be delivering the sort of the the happy ending, as it were. Yeah. Which was great because yeah, I think if that it would have soured it for me if they'd have got together at the end. Yeah, um, completely agree. But yeah, what I will say about it is that it's interesting that this movie looks so nice considering I'm not long saw Quantumania and that looks so fake. <laughs> and like both of them are completely set in like nonsense places that don't exist, like completely like, you know, CGI blob mm. planets and whatever. But weirdly, they look like a blob planet you can reach out and poke. Like mm. it looked genuine to me, whereas Quantumania yeah. looked like a people placed upon a soundstage. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, it's yeah, no, that's perfectly described. It's, sort of abstract and also a bit like a theatre production. Um, I really wasn't a fan of Quantum Mania because I really liked the previous Ant-Man films and mm. this did not feel like an Ant-Man film to me. I... It didn't have the comedy, it didn't have yeah. like the the sort of stupidness of the previous films and yeah. it didn't have the fun. It, it felt like a sort of a grandiose Marvel film when Ant-Man isn't that... Uh, I didn't really like the way they'd sort of leaned into him being sort of like a 
oh, I'm an Avenger now, honey. <laughs> like, you know, come buy my book, I'll sign it for you. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it was it was a, it was a bit of a weird direction to go in with a character who was quite fun and relatable and family oriented and almost homely (laughs) like um very odd very odd decision the the thing about quantumania that bothered me more than anything and i i said this to rich was that it felt like nothing like it felt like if that movie didn't happen but i'd still watch loki i think i will fully understand what's happening with kang going forward like Mm. it felt like an sort of intermediate period between us actually doing something with Kang later which would be interesting to see if they do do that considering that um guy who plays Kang whose name I've temporarily forgotten uh yeah. what is his name Jonathan Majors may oh, or yes. may not be a massive dickhead <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> look I don't, I'm, I'm not uh, yeah there's there's things floating around um mm. yeah so that will be interesting. Um, yeah. It just feels a bit aimless, doesn't it, the MCU at the moment, which is why I think I quite like Guardians, because Guardians 3 mm. didn't feel like it needed to do anything for the universe. What it needed mm. was to finish the Guardians story, and it did. So that was mm. fine. Like It felt like a nice little encased story. Although I did, I, did, I did find it quite funny that I saw a review that was like, you could easily just watch the three Guardians films as a trilogy and none of the other Marvel movies and know exactly what's going on. And I was like, you wouldn't have a fucking clue what happened with Gamora. <laughs> if you hadn't seen Infinity War and uh, Endgame, you would be like, yeah. what's, why is her personality entirely different? And why is Peter crying all the time and drunk? <laughs> like, <laughs> truly a baffling experience. But, you know, oh well, reviewers going to review it, though. There is a certain, I'm sorry, I will finish my point, but um, there is a certain trend lately to shit on the Marvel films. And I feel like the Marvel films have been the best they've been in a long time. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying that they're good. (laughs) I'm just saying I was not a fan of the Iron Man films. And I think the reason the Iron Man films are loved on so much is because of Robert Downey Jr. Um, He can carry anything. And I think they the whole Marvel Universe has a lot to owe to him. But I feel like those Iron Man films were not that great. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, please don't <laughs> hate me. My name online is Quiz Lacey, so go stop <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, no. What are you okay, getting you my best man at my wedding. He gets it. Uh, <laughs> and you're my best woman. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's difficult to come back from uh, the whole Thanos story because that was so riveting and it was so engrossing that it's hard to come back from that. Yeah. And it's hard to see that the, the Marvel films that are coming out now are a lot better than the earlier Marvel films. Um, so I, I, I know a lot of people will disagree with me for that and that's completely fine. We're allowed to have different opinions, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's what I feel about the Marvel films lately. Yeah. I, I don't really know where I'm at with Marvel at the moment because every now and again I'll be like, mm, bit, uh, I see this, like I saw Love and Thunder and I was like, mm, didn't really like it. Mm, Marvel no. feels a bit aimless. Mm, and then like, I don't know, fucking the third Spider-Man movie comes out and blows my shitting socks right off. And I'm like, well, <laughs> shut my mouth. What do I know about movies? And then like Quantumania just sort of pootles around on my screen and I'm like, oh, <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, but then Guardians comes out, and I'm like, aha! So, like, maybe yeah. it's just uh, swings and roundabouts for me at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But like I'm like I'm a dickhead when it comes to uh, talking about like Marvel films because every time I say something like I don't know I'll be like oh, I'm getting superhero fatigue and a movie yeah. will come out that will blow my tiny nerdy mind and I'm like shut my mouth <laughs> shut, just shut my whole mouth what am I talking about even but then I'll be like Marvel films have never been better and then something will come out that will be the absolute shits like drizzling shits so maybe i'll just think that you said earlier on it's okay for things to be not amazing and not absolutely awful it's okay to be in the middle ground and yeah even um uh the last podcast which had nick papa constantino he said that ages ago and that that was the first time anyone had told me that well I, I say that as if he was saying it to me, he was saying it on a podcast. I just imagine when people talk to me on a podcast, <laughs> they're talking directly to me. Um, but <laughs> but uh, he said that on a podcast and many years ago, and I was just, I completely related to that, and it just completely changed my perspective on how to look at these sort of films. And it's okay yeah. if a film's okay. Yeah. It's all right. There's, um, there's somebody, and I can't remember who it is for the life of me, but Rich told me once, there's somebody who's like relatively famous, who when mm. he logs films, he or she, I can't remember, uh, mm-hmm. or they, the gender, when they uh, log films on Letterboxd, they will only give one or five stars because a movie mm. to them is either good or bad. And that seems truly <sighs> insane to me. Like, I yeah. am sitting there dithering about, like, oh, I wish I had quarter stars I could give. Because <laughs> yeah. so I want to yeah. give 3.75. It's not quite a four, but it's better than a three and a half, <laughs> like losing my mind. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, like, I don't understand how you can truly think every movie is either shit or great. <laughs> yeah. I don't some movies that. just exist and it's fine. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I mean, the last film that actually sort of really, really touched me was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, yeah. And that came yeah. out on my birthday. And that was when my husband was incredibly sick in the hospital. Oh and God. I'd spent like several several like days in a row like a few weeks in a row just every day going to the hospital to see him and i just said i need to i need to have a break i had a breakdown in front of the doctor and i said i don't know what to do and she said just take a break just take a day off uh i didn't take a day off what i did was it was my birthday and i decided to go to the cinema in ottawa and this cinema is amazing they they bring you food to your seat Ooh. and Oh, it's, and the food is fucking lush. And I watched everything everywhere all at once. And it was like someone pressed a reset button in me. It was like I could take on the world after watching that film. It just was, Mm. oh, I love it. That's just like the highest praise I could give it. And I don't want to give it a review. (laughs) (laughs) No, that is a phenomenal movie. I saw that the day before I realized I had COVID. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, which was a fun, fun time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it at the time and I was glad I got to see it before I had COVID and would have missed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, truly wonderful. I've realised how long we've been a waffling. Um, oh, was there anything else, anything else you wanted to bring up before we recommend a couple of songos to, to everybody? Very, very quickly, I want to recommend a film called How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Have you heard okay. of that? Okay. 
No. <laughs> it is um, so unlike all the other films. It's not a blockbuster film at all. It's just more of a character-based thing where you just follow these people who are trying to blow up an oil pipeline to um, get people to take environmental things seriously. And um, okay. it's very slow-paced. Uh, the acting is incredible and the story's incredible. The writing's incredible. And I recommend people see it because I don't want to say any more than that. Uh, just be prepared for a quite a slow paced film and just sort of sit back and relax and really get squashed into your sofa when you're watching it or in the cinema when you're seeing it because it's just, it's one of those that you can sort of is tense and it's something that I got completely lost in. And yeah. That's a recommendation. Yeah. Splendid. I had two very quick things. Uh, the one oh, is that please. season three of The Other Two is out. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen The Other Two before. No. Uh, I absolutely love it. So it's um, Drew Tarver, who is like an amazing improv comedian, and mm-hmm. Helen York play like a brother and a sister sort of trying to make it in L.A. Uh, he's mm-hmm. trying to become an actor. She's trying to become like basically something adjacent to acting, so like maybe a publicist or a, an mm. agent or something. And it's about them yeah. sort of like trying to trying to do that when their younger brother is sort of basically Justin Bieber. <laughs> He's like the next Justin <laughs> Bieber. So they're like competing mm. with that sort of uh, thing. And it's yes. a brilliant comedy. And season three so far has been absolutely amazing. Full Space Bob recommend on that one. Yeah. Um, and then the other recommendation where, where was going to be... Sorry. Oh, again, it's one of the streaming services, but I don't know which. Okay. We've got we've got too many, and I'm terrible at remembering yeah. to write them down. I'll, I'll Google it later. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other recommendation was a couple of episodes ago, Stuart from the And Why Not podcast recommended um, a sort of romantic comedy called Roy Lane. Um, I don't know okay. if you have seen that. It is, I believe that one's on. I, I've seen adverts for it and I wanted to see it. I've heard it's like the Notting Hill for Peckham or something yes. like that. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I really enjoyed it. I watched it. It's just come out on a streaming service. And again, I can't remember which one. Uh, it literally just mm. popped up. So Rich and I were like, okay, like, let's watch Disney this. Disney Plus. Stuart said it was good. There you go. Um, So we popped it on. And uh, I'm not usually a big rommy-commy kind of gal, but this one Mm. feels very sort of organic. It's quite – it's a little bit abstract in the way that it's filmed and the way that it's presented to you. It follows uh, two very charismatic leads – and it is all set in bits of London that you wouldn't normally see in a rom-com because, you know, <laughs> you know, rom-coms are usually like the fancy bits of London that no one actually really lives in. <laughs> um, <laughs> so these are like you're going through like proper like markets and, you know, to like grotty little hole in the wall taco places and things like this. Um, and it actually feels like a real tangible place that people exist and can fall in love in. Yeah. And it's just generally like a nice. I know people don't like the word nice. But I think it's a really nice film. It made me Mm. feel happy and nice. (laughs) So, Mm. um, yeah, I agree with Stuart. Everybody ought to give it a little look. Yeah, I've been been meaning to look at that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, definitely give it a well. I mean, somebody who has lived in London, like yourself, would probably find a lot mm. of more places there that they recognise as well, which is nice. Because I always find that fun when you're watching a film and you're like, oh, I've been there. Oh, <laughs> <Ooh>, a great. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
because I am very easily pleased, you see. A film will get at least half a star if there's a, 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 a place that I've been at in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, right, I'm going to move on to our musical recommendations because my stomach's starting to make some real protests. I don't, I don't know if you can see me rubbing my tummy here, but... <laughs> Because it, it probably looks suspicious because you can't actually see what my hands are doing, but you can see my arms. Um, it does look like you're cradling a baby. Oh, well, no, I'm cradling my tumbo. Um, it's oh. it's having a little bad time. Um, <laughs> Michael, me Amano, uh, what song would you like to recommend to our delightful listeners today? Do you remember Samantha Mumba? <laughs> so vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back in the day... When Britney Spears was a thing, a huge big thing, the UK got this singer called Samantha Mumba, who is an Irish singer, and she was an actress as well, and she was huge for a time, and then she kind of vanished. And then, I think it was either last year or the year before, she released this song called Cool, and my friends introduced me to it, and I just fell in love with it straight away. It is fucking sassy it just makes Mm me wanna do a bop every time i hear it it is so good i love it and it's filthy (laughs) it's absolute (laughs) filth because i i I used to sort of watch the music video which is just her in drag basically dressing up like a a drag queen not a drag king but you know she's got the wigs and she's got the glamour and she's sassy and as hell and then you listen to the lyrics and it's like oh my god she fucks she just goes to town she wants it bad and i love it it's just oh filthy cow and um yeah i just i love listening to it and i feel like when i was trying to come up with a song i had a look at call on youtube and it only has like a few likes and i was yeah. shocked because it's such a good song so i wanted to recommend it because i'm a hipster wanker who is who also remembers the 90s and britney spears and samantha mumba mm-hmm. and the the time traveling film that she was in which was a bit shit with guy Pearce. uh but yeah <laughs> i never saw that but i do remember it existing yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she plays a tribal woman, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I concur that this Mm. is a very good song, because I had a lovely little listen to it today while I was trying to work. I'm really Mm. sorry if you heard that noise my stomach just made. It was loud as fuck. Um, (laughs) uh, And Okay, I had a lovely little bop to that while I was trying to um, design some NHS Big T social media assets. So, Mm. thank you for that. Michael. Um, my pick mm-hmm. this month is, um, I'm cheating and I'm picking a band I've picked before, which is Planet Booty. I fully, wholeheartedly adore Planet Booty. They are mm. wonderful, uh, sort of electro pop, funk, jazz, soul, bops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just lovely, inclusive lads who mm. uh, love a bit of a dance and, and thinking about sex and how uh, mm. everybody's deserving of love and things and they just generally seem like wonderful folks um so mm. i picked a song called sweaty already from their last album mm. yes and the reason i picked that track is because it's got a little bit of a sort of mario kart level vibe to me oh, <laughs> like it feels okay. it, it feels a little bit mario karty which uh, uh which pleases me but it is an absolute summertime jambo is what it is mm. I loved it. I absolutely loved it when I heard it because I've listened to Planet Booty before on your record. Sorry, I sounded really cockney when I said booty. 
listened to Planet Booty a lot uh, before, and I was just like, what is this? This is so raunchy. Why is Daisy mm-hmm. this? And then I listened to it today, and I was just like, okay, this is a bop. Yeah. Uh, I, I listened to it three times, I think, and yeah, love it. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, everybody, that's been episode 141. Michael, where can people find you on the internet, should you wish to be found? Um, I mean, don't find me. But um, <laughs> if you do find me, uh, Twitter and Instagram, Mike Draws. Have a look there, Mike Draws. Uh, I do actually draw, but I don't put it online. So I'm not really online that much. So <laughs> follow me if you want someone who's not there that much and doesn't do anything. <laughs> Just- Sporadic ghostly updates. <laughs> yeah, which is ironic considering I'm social media, Mike, but you know. Yeah. Well, only during the live shows. You don't have to yeah. work every day. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back in the parlour, my dear. Oh, I absolutely love seeing you. And you. And I'm really I'm really sad because I was fully hoping that we'd be able to actually have like a little chat after we finish recording. But my stomach is fully like, get yourself to a toilet, you dumb bitch. Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to have to scarper almost immediately as yeah. we finish. Um, but listeners, hey, uh, have a lovely rest of this month and part of next month. And um, don't forget to check out episode 62, I want to say of And Why Not, mm-hmm. which I guested on talking about one of my favourite films ever, The Running Man, uh, featuring <sighs> Greasy Arnold Schwarzenegger. So listen, have a listen to that after you've listened to this and um, stay safe and uh, adorable and I love you and bye. Uh, just sorry, one quick thing. Mm-hmm. There we go. Okay. Perfect. Uh, love you. Bye. <laughs> it would have been great if I could have timed a fart then, but I am scared I will shit myself if I do. So Yeah, I don't won't. do that. No, please, please. I'm not going to try. Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour, send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash stacysparlour that's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah! <laughs>